Okay. Again, we gotta figure out how to how to do this. Okay. I've got the time, and I think we're ready to um, go ahead. Take forty-seven. That's right. So today's episode is going to be about vitamin A and its uh, effects on the immune system. Vitamin A, first one in the group. That's right. Well, yeah, you know, A, B, C, D, right? Yeah. That's so what that's what I was taught. <laughs> um, basically, we're looking at how does one improve their immunity with vitamin A. And if you're deficient in vitamin A, what does that entail? Or if you have too much vitamin A, what does that do to you as well? So um, we want to talk about, maybe, maybe it's a good year to talk about immunity, you know? That was <laughs> the idea. That was the thought. Right. Okay. So what do you know about vitamin A other than what we talked about earlier? Well, um, I know that it's vital. It's important for immunity. I also know that it's important for our vision, but aside from from the main big pictures, uh, the little smaller details, um, not as not as clear. Okay, so we'll talk about that a little bit. We'll expand upon this because our purpose of this podcast is to help educate providers and people that are not involved in medicine at all. You know, to do things, to heal a little bit quicker, to do things a little bit better. And we're going to enroll that. It's not just a nutritional podcast, right? It's a physical therapy podcast, but not just that. It's a physio, physiotrician podcast. So how does nutrition play a role in physical therapy or physical medicine? How does physical medicine play a role in nutrition? So one thing that I, you know, I'm thinking about this podcast and what I'm going to say, but one thing I think needs to that needs to be known is that not everything is environmental, but not everything is genetic. They kind of go back and forth like a seesaw, right? Your genetics impact your physical well-being, your nutrition, but vice versa. Your physical well-being and your nutrition impact your genetics. What does that mean? That means that your genes will express themselves depending on what you're doing, okay? So if you're sedentary, meaning that you're not doing anything, and you have poor nutrition, certain genes are going to express themselves. At the same time, if you enroll yourself or enlist yourself in a healthy habit lifestyle, that nutrition, that physical activity will help you express genes that will help you complete those tasks, but also maintain your health. So in other words, your genetic material will express themselves more readily based on what you do to it and what you provide it. Make sense? Yeah. Okay. I want to make sure that I'm not getting too complicated. As you well know, I I can be. That being said, um, it's not enough to just have vitamin A. We're going to talk about vitamin A today, but we need to talk about when you're talking about nutrition, it's about chemistry, more specifically biochemistry. And whenever you're enrolled in a, you know, a chemistry equation or you're involved in chemistry, there's an ingredients list, like a recipe. And that recipe includes vitamin D and vitamin E and selenium and iron and copper and also zinc, as far as vitamin A being effective for the immune system. 
water is also a part of that, those ingredients. We oftentimes forget about water. Um, and it affects you from, a, as far as your immune system is concerned, it affects your immune system from a multitude of angles, from a variety of positions. And uh, we want to make sure that people don't say, oh, vitamin A is great, so I'm going to go take a bunch of you know, supplementation and then end up with problems and not realize that that nutrition is available in whole foods. And it's not vitamin A alone that helps your body overcome whatever it needs to overcome from an immune perspective. So that being said, I think we can also move on and maybe talk about um, how, how do you get a better immune system? Is it just providing yourself the nutrient that builds up your immunity? Well, remember, we said that vitamin A or any type of nutrient, it does help you with genetic expression. However, your genes will express themselves, you know, if you don't have it either. So in physical therapy, Joe, you and I talk about often, it's not enough to just to have the nutrients. It's, you have to stimulate your body. Your body has to want to change for either better or for worse, or not at all. And depending on what you do to it, that stimulates your body to want to recover quicker, to run faster, jump higher, sit on the couch longer, play on the computer longer, have pain, not have pain, listen to music, climb stairs, doesn't matter. Whatever you do, whatever task you enlist yourself in, that stimulates your body and all the systems of your body to do something, to adapt, to evolve. That's the beauty of biology. That's the beauty of, of the human body. We adapt every day. Micro-adaptations lead to macro-adaptations, which eventually lead, you know, spill over into changes in the species, you know. So that being said, Joe, what, how can you stimulate your body from a physical activity perspective to have a better immune system? You could do a number of things. I mean, when it comes to stimulating the body as far as exercise, just getting up, going out for a walk, a daily walk, uh, going for a run, participating in some sort of a uh, social sport or activity like tennis or pickleball. Um, you'd go to the gym, do cardio exercise, do aerobic exercise, yoga, uh, anything that's going to get you moving and get your heart rate up a little bit, get the blood pumping. Right. And do you have to go to the gym? Do you have to actually like do specific exercises you see people do in the gym to get those alterations? There is no one or group of specific exercises that you need to do. No, you could do any different variable of things um, to, to get the results, to get the stimulation. Something that, you know, the best thing that you can do is something that you enjoy doing for several reasons. One, because you're more likely to do it again and keep doing it for the long term to get the change because as you said it takes uh it, it's a micro change to get a to get a macro 
change. Um, but also, it it when it's more enjoyable while you're doing it, you're you're more likely to do it a little a little harder, do it a little more, get a little more out of each individual session. So. I try to encourage people and patients to to find something that they enjoy. Find a physical activity, exercise routine, or something that they enjoy to do, so that they 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 benefit from those 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 reasons. So do it longer, do it harder, and do it more regularly. Or just yeah, do it regularly. Do it on a frequent and consistent basis because they like it. They enjoy it, right? And in doing so, they, without realizing it, they alter their neurological system. Neurons will start talking to other neurons. We often think about that from a neurology perspective, that the nerve cell is only going to communicate to the nerve cell. But that's not true. Majority of the time, the nerve is going to talk to the rest of the body. The nerves talk to your entire body. The nerves are like a phone system. They talk to everything. They modulate everything. They get feedback from everything on your body. They change and they alter and they or they stay the same. They they, they are in control. Sounds like it's more of a loudspeaker than a phone system. Well, I guess nerve yeah. starts talking. Everything else is is listening, hearing, but receiving they, the information. Right, but the neurons listen too. Yeah. That's the whole point of sensation. There's a reason why you have senses, you know, taste and smell and eyesight and touch, pressure, temperature, intuition, you know. So you're right. Yeah, it's like a phone system with a loudspeaker. Probably a good way to say it. But when you are physically active, your nerves... It feels that sensation, listens to that sensation. It's not just the nerves, but also your blood supply, the circulation changes as well. And then you also have something that we're just now scratching the surface um, due to the concept of biotensegrity um, called mechanotransduction, which is analogous to having a piece of wire connected to two soup cans. You don't hear the sound between those soup cans because of a chemical transport because of chemistry, you don't hear that sound from that opposing soup can because of an electromagnetic signal. You hear it because the sound waves provide a mechanical alteration and vibration to the string. And that vibration carries over into your ear, and that's how you hear. You hear through vibrations. You don't hear necessarily because the sound of the word just drops in your ear it's the vibration of that sound wave that propagates through the air that vibrates the bones inside your ear and then tells your brain that this vibration is this sound this letter this word this sentence whatever that being said your nervous system will respond a it'll either make a stronger connection to that tissue that's talking to it it'll become more efficient and activating it and utilizing it and modulating it or it may go dormant and speak less often because it's not needed it's wasted energy if it does it um, also communicates to the other systems of your body such as your circulation your hormone your hormonal system which we'll go into in a second um, also known as the endocrine system 
It'll speak to the respiratory system. It'll speak to the uh, mechanical portion of your body. And that's why when you start doing an activity, at first, you're a little wonky. You're a little uncontrolled. You might be, consider yourself a motor moron. You may not know how to do it. But after practice and several repetitions, and some people are better at this than others, they have more kinesthetic awareness, which just means they feel their body. They know their body in space a little bit better than some others. Um, what happens is you get comfortable with that movement. You know how to move. You acclimate yourself. Therefore, you can carry out the task of more efficiency and greater ease and safety. At the same time, when you're physically active, what we just alluded to a second ago, you have hormonal changes. This is something that's very um, complex, and we're just starting to understand some concepts of it. Um, and it's related to the problems of the world today when, it talk, when we talk about the opioid crisis or the uh, cannabinoid system, which is newly discovered. It's, we don't really understand the endocannabinoid system. But the fact of the matter is, if you go for a run, after you run, you get like a runner's high, especially if you ran intensely. It's not about the frequency. It's uh, Well, the frequency helps. It's not about the duration. It's not about running five miles. It's about going out for a really good, strong run. And if you do it with somebody else, you feel even better. And that's because you release a hormone called oxytocin, as well as some dopamine and serotonin. And it makes you feel really good. And if you're doing it with people, you feel a connection. There's a bond. Same thing happens if you go to a rock concert. Right? Oh, yeah. Get that outer body experience. Yeah. And you feel connected to the people around you. Most, yeah, absolutely. Even if they're a complete stranger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's funny because I go to concerts uh, back when we had concerts, you know, way back in 2019. Um, and I really enjoy it, being around all those people, just thousands and thousands of people, usually jammed in together, tight, close quarters, a lot of times we're sweating, and but but I, I enjoy it. But if you take me out of that place and you put me in a different place, such as an amusement park, which is still there for enjoyment, however, it's still crowded with people and I'm waiting in lines, I don't get that same buzz, that same feeling that I get when I'm at a concert. I actually start getting the opposite. I get kind of annoyed, kind of frustrated, kind of short-tempered, just walking around, having people everywhere I go, having to stop and wait. It's the same walk around, bumping into people, stop, wait, to get through at a concert. But with that music and with that enjoyment that we're getting, that release of oxytocin, it the the feeling to me is, is so much different. And I'm sure for somebody else, it's probably the opposite. They could go to a, a, an amusement park and really enjoy themselves because they, they love doing that. And there's other people there that love doing that. And they go to a concert, they don't get that enjoyment because that's, that's, not, their, that's not their stimulus. That's not the right stimulus for them to, to cut free. That's a great analogy, and I've never heard that analogy before. I'm glad you used that analogy because you and I have had discussions about this topic. Um, I don't feel that I've ever had an out-of-body experience, and I'm not particularly looking to go to concerts, but maybe I haven't experienced it enough. I'm also a complete idiot when it comes to music, as you can attest. Yeah, 
No. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, do you think that you're moving as much at a concert packed in with those sweaty individuals in close quarters compared to waiting in a line to go into a ride? When that music starts, usually, yes, you're moving more in that right. crowd. It might only be in a few foot space, but you start bouncing a little bit and you, know, you may start putting your hands up and pumping the fists and or clapping and or jumping. My One of my favorites is just jumping, jumping around. Do you find that you guys, the people around you and you yourself kind of jump in, in like a... I have a better time when the people around me are jumping and into it as well. But in sequence, in sequence, you're kind of like doing it. It's not just chaotic. It's kind of like... Sometimes it's chaotic. Sometimes it's in sequence. Um, but if I'm... The closer I get and the, the more intense the crowd gets. Usually if you push your way up closer to the stage, those people are more into it. If you stay back towards the back of the crowd and kind of look around, you don't see the people moving, jumping, singing along. They're not as into it. And, and then immediately, like right then and there, I, I start feeling like, well, this isn't that much. This isn't as good as I had hoped it would be. Okay. So then I will push my way up into the crowd and get with those people that are singing and jam jamming out and just, you know, rocking out. Do you feel as uh, a fork in the front versus in the back? Do I feel as what? Euphoric. Euphoric. Uh, I feel more euphoric in the front, towards I the see. front, in the middle of the, in the middle of the, the crowd, in the middle of the people that are into it. If I'm in a seat, generally, um, it's a much different experience for me. I don't enjoy it as much from a seat. Even when we're standing in our seats, it's almost like we, we have this smaller little box. It's just a smaller little place to be. You know, we can't move. We could jump some, but we're, we're, perhaps it's also that separation between the people too. You know, I'm not shoulder to shoulder, chest to back with somebody like crammed in there. And perhaps that physical contact between people in the crowd helps to stimulate some of that um, versus being in a seat where you're not touching anybody and again a lot not not as many people are singing along or just as in my from my view as into it or as moved by it um, so I, that's, I think you bring up several interesting points and points of differentiation between the theme park and a rock concert and from what we know in the science, especially when it comes to neuro, neuro pain science, is that when you're with another person and you're physically moving and there is touch involved and it's a rhythm or there's a cadence to it, that allows for you to release these hormones we're talking about, oxytocin, dopamine, and serotonin. And in doing so, you get high a natural biological high. And that oxytocin, which is also called the love hormone, helps you feel connected. It's the same hormone that a pregnant mother releases during pregnancies to help breast milk production, but also to help bond with their child when breastfeeding. And when you're at an amusement park, there's probably less rhythm. You know, there's no cadence. You're standing in line waiting for a ride, you're probably getting an opposite effect, but because people are grumpy that they have to wait 
It's an exercise yeah. of patience. I, I'm still trying to figure out why they call Disneyland the, the happiest place on earth. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, everybody smiles. Yeah, they're smiling. But but the point is, is that that physical movement, that rhythm, and this works with your bicycling in a group, running in a group. It works if you're praying together, meditating together, humming together. There's a sense of of um, rhythm and cadence and uh, not always movement, but physical interaction. Yeah. Um, and movement helps um, to express those hormones, which then, excuse me, which then allow you to exp express those hormones. And by expressing those hormones, you uh, essentially change your physiology and you feel great. And those hormones uh, tend to be anti-inflammatory in response. As opposed to sitting around doing nothing by yourself, those tend to propagate and you haven't slept, you're stressed out about something. You tend to do the opposite. You tend to suppress that oxytocin release, that serotonin release, that dopamine, and you tend to express cortisol, which is a pro-inflammatory hormone. And you can see, if I say pro-inflammatory versus anti-inflammatory, what does that mean? Well, we know inflammation affects the immune system. So certainly people that are sedentary, People who have bad nutrition, who get less sleep, who move less, tend to have problems with inflammatory conditions or tend to get sick more often. Um, and you could possibly even say maybe have uh, uh, die a little bit sooner. They're not as healthy, you know, whereas a healthier individual, they're moving, they're happy. They're less stressed out. They're getting great sleep, and they tend to eat a little bit better, right? Yeah. So that's a, a great example of how physical activity, whether it's in the form of a rock concert, okay, or exercising, or gardening, or playing with your children or grandchildren, can help release hormones that change your immune system for the better. And then, of course, vice versa. Okay. And so, at that point, we have stimulated the body to either want a, a, a stronger immune system or to need a weaker immune system, if that makes sense. You with me so far? Yeah. Okay. So, at that point, it's not enough to stimulate that, that system to alter itself, but now you have to provide nutrients to it. This is where you have to give yourself the recipe, you know. It's not enough to turn on the oven. you got to actually put the ingredients together. I can attest to that. Um, I was making dinner last night, and I set the oven, and I waited, and then I, a few minutes have gone by, and I thought, oh, good, I'll put these, I'll put these uh, carrots in there. I realized I didn't hit start. <laughs> so the oven just went back to off, and I had a cold oven. Mm. So, and no carrots. And no carrots. Yeah, cooked carrots. That's okay. Well, you know, carrots are rich in carotenoids. So that's, man, you're, you're doing awesome today with your uh, bridges and analogies. That's great. Yeah. Um, so in relation to this nutrient, we're going to be a little bit more specific to vitamin A with the knowledge uh, 
that it takes additional ingredients to help your immune system be strong or to help vitamin A function. Okay, so now you stimulate your body to want a stronger immune system, which, by the way, there's a, a concept called the open window concept. What that means is if you're feeling a little under the weather, if you feel a little sick, whether it's bacterial or viral, um, it doesn't matter, or say you have a, a flare-up with an autoimmune condition or whatever condition you're dealing with, the thought process with many providers is that if you exercise, what you do is you suppress your immune system in the short term, that day, just for a few hours. And then afterwards, of course, you strengthen your immune system so you're a little bit stronger. However, when you suppress your immune system, it allows that bacterial infection, viral infection, autoimmune condition, or any other condition to get a little bit stronger to react. It's, it's open, it has a window, an open window to hit you harder, right? So as a physical therapist, we would often tell our patients, hey, Maybe we don't want to exercise today. Maybe you want to take it easy. Let us recover, right? That's the way we've handled it for, for years. Oh, yeah. And, it's, and this is not going to change anything. It's still going to be mainstream. But now they're starting to find that this is just not true. What happens is, as the immune system migrates from the circulation into the extracellular space. So, Joe, if you had to explain that, how would you explain that part? So you, we're we're talking about the the immune systems, the, the the immune cells migrate from the bloodstream and just more f throughout the body into deeper into our into our tissues, into, into our, the tissues, yeah, into the organs and the tissues, exactly, and the spaces in between those tissues, and um, that has appeared that the immune system has been suppressed based mm. on now do they do that because from the exercise we've caused a bit of inflammation in the cells in the in the tissues like that, the muscles right. and the areas so then our immune system senses that there's some inflammation now the body needs us to get in there and start going to work on that inflammation so they that's where they go they go to attack or not attack but aid and assist and help that's right that's right um it was also thought for many years, that the reason why you're sore after exercise, and, and again, let's be clear, it's not just exercise, just physical activity. You're sore after doing yard work because you've built up a bunch of lactic acid, carbon dioxide, you've changed your acid and alkalinic um, metabolism versus respiratory, and uh, what happens is you're just trying to buffer those metabolites, you're trying to flush them out and trying to return your pH back to normal. And therefore, you're sore because that's an environment that your body doesn't like to participate in. However, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we've seen that or talked about that or said that again for years. This, mm -hmm. this you know, you exercise, oh, you've, you, now you got this lactic acid that's making you sore. We got to flush that out. Here's some massage here. Drink plenty of water. Mm -hmm. Flush that flush, flush, flush. In fact, I read it last week. Yeah, take an ice bath, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, get in the sauna. In fact, it seems to be what happens is when you exercise, you, you incur some micro damage, very small damage to the cells, to the muscles, the tendons, the ligaments, the fascia. You also uh, damage the bone a little bit called microfractures. And uh, nothing bad, nothing bad at all. Um, all it means is that the tissue breaks down because of the physical activity that it's not yet accustomed to or um, 
the physical activity uh, that you participated in. And then what happens is your body, when you're resting and recovering, your body repairs those those injuries um, and buffers the inflammation. The inflammation is a result of all that all that broken down tissue. So you break it down to rebuild it. And inflammation is the first stage of tissue healing. So it's very important not to stifle inflammation. And of course, you're going to be sore, just like you'd be sore if you had a cold or you feel achy if you, when you have the flu. Mm. Does it make sense? Kind of see the parallel there? So you incur that inflammation based on the intensity of the exercise. And if you are very healthy and you exercise quite often, you kind of look for that soreness, or a lot of people do, because that means that we had a great workout. But if you're very healthy and you exercise a lot, you get less soreness. And the reason why is because you're able to uh, uh, tolerate greater stress. Okay, But again, when you rest and you recover, your body recovers from that inflammation, that stage one of tissue healing, and it starts to repair all that tissue. But it doesn't repair it to the level it was before. It makes it bigger, stronger, more robust and resilient than it was before. So that way, you can tolerate that same stimulus, that same activity without that same effect. And so that's how you get stronger. You break it down to build it back up. That being said, your immune system shifts. So as a provider, what we now see from the literature is that your immune system doesn't necessarily become suppressed and then just get stronger after exercise. What it does is it becomes heightened. It's now aware and it's trying to help protect you and heal you. And that's how you get stronger. That's how it gets better. And then, of course, the nutrients come into play to allow that to happen. So the open window concept may be flawed or, at this point in time, outdated and uh, debunked. So we now think that you're actually not uh, susceptible to uh, recovery, I guess, uh, if you're sick and exercising. We do we. Uh, yeah, no, I see what you're saying. So, yeah, at this point, no. If you're under the weather a bit um, and you exercise, at this point, exercise does make a difference. If the exercise is too intense, uh, obviously your immune system is going to pay more attention to all that um, inflammation from that intense workout. Remember, the more intense the workout, the more you break it down, the more the immune system is going to have to respond to that inflammation, right? If... You um, had a light workout, your immune system is not necessarily going to need to transition as much. So your immune system will be heightened and more capable to uh, help protect you and help you heal you. If it's a moderate activity, you might get a little bit of migration of the uh, immune system into the uh, cells uh, out, out from the bloodstream, as you so uh, put it earlier. And uh, therefore, you know, you may take a little bit longer to recover. But uh, basically, Exercise is beneficial because it heightens your immune system and your, height, and your heightened immune system will be able to help you, if anything, combat that bacteria a little bit more. And then, of course, because you have frequently and consistently uh, been physically active, every time you do that, you heighten that immune system. That immune system just gets stronger, 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 and stronger as you go. Yeah. So, yeah, now we can start telling patients, oh, you're not feeling well today? All right, let's do a light workout today to improve 
your um, cold symptoms or your bout with flu. Do it responsibly, though. Mask and gloves so you don't get sick yourself. But yeah. I wear mask and gloves all day, every day. <laughs> 2020, right? Yeah. 2020. So now, now we understand that concept a little bit better. We understand the role of the immune system. And we certainly do need to talk about the stages of tissue healing and there being uh, three stages, roughly. Uh, the first stage is inflammation and swelling. That, you know, whenever you damage tissue or you get injured or you have a bacterial load that makes you sick, you have this rush of inflammation. You feel this increased heat, fever, or if you sprain your ankle, you get hot and swollen. And that reaction is there because by driving the heat up, it helps kill any foreign bodies, bacteria, viruses, anything that's not supposed to be there. And then when you get inflammatory markers that go to that site, water comes in too, to dilute it. So it's not so concentrated, in other words. Um, and then that, that uh, swelling also has what's really cool, stem cells in it and cofactors and um, other uh, compounds that help you heal. Okay, it's really neat. If you heard of a uh, uh, plasma-rich protein, um, sorry, platelet-rich protein, oh, sorry, platelet-rich plasma. <laughs> yes, platelet-rich plasma. You uh, understand that they take a blood sample, um, whether, you know, through your vein or they take it out of uh, a piece of bone, um, like boring it through your hip, right, mm -hmm. Joe? They yeah. spin it around in a centrifuge. They separate the layers, depending on how fast and how long they spin it, the layers within the blood, because you have fat, you have immune cells, white blood cells, you have platelets, you have um, water in it, um, and you have red blood cells. And so you have all these different layers. And depending on how fast and how uh, long you spin it for, those layers become more concentrated. And then what you do is, uh, depending on whether you want a stronger concentration or less concentration, is the doctor draws out the uh, uh, plasma, and with that plasma, you typically have stem cells as well as other cofactors that help with healing, and then they inject it back into that site, that increased concentration, if you will, of stem cells and cofactors that are introduced to that site, and that helps, hopefully, helps you heal a little bit quicker, okay, especially if it's a chronic issue. Well, when you swell, you tend to have those already it's a part of the system and that swelling also reduces your range of motion so you don't further damage the area so the body is beautiful in the sense that it's figured out hey let's increase the temperature so we can kill anything that's foreign and in their bacteria or virus okay and then let's limit the range of motion a little bit by making that person swollen okay and in doing so you're you're starting the first stage of tissue healing and then you go into a stage where you start to form, if you have a laceration or damaged tissue, you start to form um, scar tissue. You start to, there's actually fibers from one end to the other that actually reach out to each other, grab each other, and pull that wound a little bit closer. And then you have granulocytes, immune cells, that will actually start to lay down like a scab. Okay, like a biological band-aid, if you will. And then what you're hoping for is to approximate the tissue enough to where it starts to heal from the inside out. Okay, so after you've done that, that's you're going to start doing what's called remodeling. So just think about this for a second. You accidentally cut your, your skin on your forearm. At first, that's 
when you first cut it, it gets really tight and it opens up. And then you have inflammation, it may get red, it's going to be swollen a little bit. And then what happens is you have these little fibers that, that reach out and they grab each other and they pull that skin a little bit closer, that tissue a little bit closer, and then you have new cells coming in and laying down a scab, okay, a biological band-aid to protect you from any additional bacteria or viruses that could enter your system because of a cut. And then it starts to heal, starts to re heal from the inside out. And as it does that, if you were to peel that scab off, you would see that in some cases, it's not fully healed from the inside out. And there's still like a little divot there, a little cut there, and then it re-scabs and it does it again. They'll do it again and again and again as, as long as you keep picking it or it keeps falling off. But as it starts to form, it then when you pull the scab off, you might see this like bright red piece of tissue, fresh tissue, right? It hasn't fully matured. And so then the body will start to remodel that tissue to make it the same tissue that's within that area. And that's where you and I come in. You know, sometimes people get stuck in those stages of healing. Sometimes people um, have limitations within that and they have to understand uh, why we're trying to induce this stage versus this stage, how to help them um smoothly transition and, the, and then maybe even facilitate healing a little bit, right? Through physical medicine and then also through nutrition. So that being said, your body has a system to heal itself and inflammation is not necessarily a bad thing, but you undergo that when you exercise, which stimulates the immune system, heightens it and makes it stronger in the long run. But again, if you want a strong immune system, you can't just get the nutrients. You need to be physically active. You need to stimulate your immune system to want to be stronger. And then you need to give it the nutrients that it requires to make that system stronger. What do you say to that, Joe? I like it. I encourage it. I mean, I, I, that, that's why we're here. And that's what we do. We that's try right. to encourage people that move, move, move. Be active. Get active. You want to feel good. You want to be better. Yeah. You got to do it. That's that's one of my favorite things. Actually, do it. Do it. Right. I I, I think movement's important, but I I like to tell people play, play, P play yeah. like a child. I mean, when you're healthy and you feel good, you can play. So play and eat well. Play and eat well. You do those two things, life is much much better. It's the people that can't do those. Who, or don't do those that typically from our experience are the ones that are the worst off so uh just remember play 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 and eat well and you'll be fine i think uh do you have anything to add to this or anything else to talk about but don't forget about sleep oh sleep yeah very important you no know, that's that's when your body is going to be when when you're it's going to work the hardest in the backgrounds or in all of these, this cell development and this growth and this repairing and healing. That's right. You know, we go out and we play uh, for part of our day. We eat well. And then um, recover. We need to recover. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. need to let our body do what it does when we're not moving and active and, and pushing ourselves. That's right. Um, or stressing ourselves or just relaxing. But we need to put it down, Put it, get to sleep, sleep through the night so our body can make those proper recovering. Yeah, that's that's well put, my friend. Uh, 
great thing to say, you know, play, eat well, but allow yourself to rest and recover too, you know. There's a reason why kids take naps, <laughs> right? So uh, sleep, sleep well, eat well, play, play well. Um, with that, I guess we're done, right? Anything else to say or? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, we're certainly going to follow this up with some more um, talk about immunity and vitamins, and so we'll be able to cover the other things that we may have we may have missed. But I think I think we did a pretty good job here today. And we'll correct anything that we may have gotten wrong, um, which I'm sure I'm sure I've messed up a whole bunch of things. Um, but hopefully there's a general idea in there somewhere, but yeah, we'll, we're going to roll this back and we're going to probably say, Hey, you know, remember when we talked about vitamin A and it's a, you know, how it worked with vitamin E to scavenge to look for a scavenger, um, uh, free radicals. And so we'll roll it back and we'll dial back to it, talk about it. We, but, uh, we want to really be able to su supply you with the, uh, detail here. And then we'll talk about it again down the road because vitamin A doesn't work by itself as we mentioned many, many times before. Um, if there's nothing else to basically uh, continue with, I'd just like to close by, again, uh, do you have anything else to add? or No, no not, on, not on this okay. side here, no. All right, so, you know, as the tradition for the next following year, I'm going to basically say thank you to uh, Joe Rogan, Sam Harris, Adam Meekins, and... Um, Sean Carroll, uh, these guys have certainly inspired me, um, and probably have inspired you as well, but I'm speaking to myself, uh, have inspired me, um, to initiate this podcast, to spread this podcast, uh, and I certainly want to pay homage to them every single time for the next year and remind people that, um, they are, they are the reasons why I began this journey. I have a lot to say. I got a lot in my mind. I want to help as many people as possible. And uh, being frustrated that I can't do that, you know, as often as I'd like, this is the uh, venue to do that. And without them, I would not have had the inspiration. And I would not have approached you about this, certainly, to uh, get entangled with this mess. So, um, Joe Rogan, Sam Harris, Sean Carroll, Adam Meekins. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And uh, I hope I uh, get a chance to uh, say it in person someday. But thanks. That's it. But did, did you want to mention our also um, charitable donations? Oh, yeah. I think that's a great idea. So as you know, we, uh, we plan on we're doing this for free primarily. We, we don't want people to have to pay to access this information. We want people from all calibers of life to be able to receive this if they're interested. Um, but if there is any chance to monetize this, either through sponsorship or uh, any chance to uh, raise donations through Patreon, um, then I, I will tell you that 25% of whatever is raised... Uh, we'll go towards charitable donations. Um, we're going to donate to cystic fibrosis. We're going to donate to um, MDA, Muscular Dystrophy Association, as well as SMA, Spinal Muscular Association. Um, as you know, my co-host here uh, has, he's a very high-level individual. Lord knows what he would be able to do if he wasn't uh, 
hadn't been diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. Um, the sky would have been the limit. But um, And then unfortunately my son uh, struggles with spinal muscular atrophy. And uh, it's certainly something that we want to uh, bring awareness to. We want to help those that are in similar positions as us. And uh, we want to increase the, uh, the potential for research and um, you know, therapeutics and potentially help with, you know, raising enough money to help to figure out a cure for these conditions. Um, so any type of monies that we receive, 25% will go to those uh, charitable donations. And then the rest will um, help us keep this podcast alive. So if you can donate through Patreon, if you can um, support our podcast by listening to it, even if you don't really like the topic, that subscription really makes a big difference uh, as far as what we can possibly do for those organizations. So we thank you from the bottom of our heart. We appreciate that. Uh, help us not only help you or any other individual, but let's help those that are unfortunate to be born with those conditions. Thank That's you very right. much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I think we're done. Mm-hmm.